Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Uh, along with Mike Evans, I'm Mark Slareth. Scott the Huff on the board producing the show. Want to thank our, our uh, presenting sponsor. That's the great folks over at Core Water. And I'm telling you what. Core Water, been so good to us. We love Core Water. You should check it out. Core Water, pH balanced water, purified, balanced with electrolytes to match your body's natural pH level of 7.4. I wonder what pH stands for. Performance enhancers, not enhancers, but just enhancers. <laughs> Performance hydration. Uh, I have no idea what pH is. I, You know what? That would require effort. I'd have to punch a button on the google machine i'm just not going to do it I'm actually just, yes? actually this makes perfect sense okay what is it potential hydrogen potential hydrogen and you know that what water is right h h two o right hydrogen raised to the oxygen. level of two with some oxygen right h two o it's science people. core water potential hydrogen Go get yourself some potential oh. hydrogen. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Core water at your neighborhood, 7-Eleven, the one with the big blue cap and the gigantic suck hole. You're going to love this water just like we love this water. That's core water. Mike, how are you, my friend? I'm doing I'm doing well. Um, I, I have to admit, Monday night, Monday night's game kind of threw me a bit of a curveball. I'm a bit flummoxed right now. Yes. You know why? Why? Because I don't know what the hell to make of Eli Manning right now. He looked good. He did look. You know, good, you didn't give he? him a little bit of time to to work behind an offensive line that's keeping him upright. The guy could still throw the football. Yeah, yeah. I think there comes a time in everybody's career if they're honest. Like there comes a time in your career where you don't really relish contact anymore. I mean, and and it's, it's a natural thing. Mike, your body starts to break down as a young player. You're bulletproof. You know, you want to run into people. You want to just go after somebody. They call a counter, and you're like, man, I'm going to just shorten this freaking dude's neck. And you're just, I mean, you're you're, you're breathing, you know, you're fire breathing. You know, you pull, and you're down there, and you're just trying to, 
I mean, I'm literally trying to break somebody's freaking jaw, right? And it's just the contact is great. Then, you know, you get later on in the years and your neck hurts and your shoulder hurts and everything hurts about you. And then they call counter and you're like, oh, shit. I don't want to have any intent. I have no intention. And you're trying to, you know, belly a guy up essentially like, how how can I block this guy without actually touching him? Is there any way that I could do that late in your career? And I think that's where Eli Manning is. I called the game of his last year and he threw a pick and it was against Arizona in Arizona. And the they had a blitz on and he has a wide open, you know, one-on-one down the middle of the field. <laughs> And this blitz is bearing down on him. It's unblocked. I mean, they couldn't block. They didn't have enough guys for it. And he wheeled out, and he still threw the ball. And so as he's wheeling out, like, trying to create space between him and the blitzer, like, you know how normally you say, man, that guy's so tough, he stands at the face of the gum barrel, he steps up into the hit, and he still delivers a ball. He had no intention of doing that. He was wheeling out going, how can I avoid this hit? Threw the ball, it was picked off. Um, but you know, it's just like, I don't want to get hit anymore, but does he still have the skill set to have kind of a, a potential playoff type of run like his brother did at the end of his career? Cause remember now, even though Peyton was brilliant at the end of his career, his skill set had diminished significantly, but he had a good enough team with a bunch of good enough receivers. He was so smart about getting rid of the ball that's one thing that Eli hasn't had that that Peyton always had. But if you put him in a situation where, hey, they've got a stellar offensive line with a big time running game, and he's got some you know weapons on the outside, where he wasn't gonna get hit, like he was you know gonna be protected. Do you think Eli can still throw the ball? He showed you last night that he can still throw the ball. Well, the natural it? connection is Jacksonville because of Tom Coughlin. Is is that? What you're talking about is—is is that the kind of situation? Mm. That the kind of team that he could step in and flourish? Would yeah, well, one, you'd have to be willing to play in Jacksonville, which means you might have to be willing to play in London, which means you're going to have to get over the people's teeth, <laughs> right? Terrible food. Oh my God. Have you eaten it? Have you been to London? No. Oh, like you're not even lying. Uh, the food is just atrocious. It really. I don't mean to offend people in London. What's the deal? How can you? How can you be I, a world class city and and screw up food? I don't. I don't know what it is about the food over there other than the fact that it just blows even like even things that are like you try to stay as american as possible like hey i'll have a cheeseburger like they can't screw up a cheeseburger and yet somehow the cheeseburger has no flavor like is this flavorless cheese do your cows not milk or do not make you know, flavor like flavor filled milk like what the what, what are flavor, you guys doing what? over here? Flavor of milk. They make milk. <laughs> right, but they make milk with like non flavored milk. What? What? Do brown cows make chocolate milk? That's, this is what I'm getting to. That's what you're getting yes. to. Yes. Should have known. No, nothing has any flavor. I, I should have known. Maybe they don't have salt over there. But he can still play. Eli can still play. I think we saw that last night and. There's going to be a team that I think is going to be intrigued, and the and the question is, does he have like his brother, a, a late in his career renaissance still in him? 
I think he does. I do too. I I, I really and now he's got to have. It's got to be the right situation. Obviously, it's got to be a team where you can just plug in a veteran quarterback and you have a good enough team around him and and you're grooming somebody young or whatever. But it could be a. It, I think that could be a legitimate end of the career kind of transitional period for Eli. Um, where he where he has a couple of good years, where he puts back you know back to back a couple of good years. We're automatically assuming it's somewhere else. C- could it still be New York? Is that the kind of performance that leads the the folks with the Giants to say, well, especially since they don't have a clear right. option waiting? I mean, I like Kyle Laletta, the Richmond Spider, right? But d- does he represent an, an obvious? Hey, this is the guy that we're grooming, well, and, and, and this the, is the guy yeah. that will take over for for Eli if we move here's, on. Here's the problem that you get into with a guy like Laletta. He had the you know pulling over and you know whatever all the accusations of not cooperating and and whatever went down. Yeah, I that's don't, no big deal if you really believe in the guy, right? But he was on he was on this kind of trial. You might be the guy, but we're not sure. And then you start getting into, can you be the face of our franchise if we can't trust you? And are we going to give you the opportunity if we feel like you've already broken our trust? You know what I mean? And so are you are you legitimately, because I think there was a time that maybe even a couple of weeks ago, they could have looked at this time and said, this is where, hey, we're heading to San Francisco. We're away from Giants Stadium. The weather's going to be good. There will be no wind. We're going to test you out here against the Niners who are struggling, and they're going to start Nick Mullins. So we got a chance, right? And then you go do what you do, and then they're like, well, we can't really go down that direction. The thing you can't do, honestly, the thing you can't do if you're the Giants, you can't go in next year with no plan. Like, you can't go in going, we don't know if Kyle Laletta can play. We're not sure if Eli Manning can stay healthy. And we don't know what really is out there in the college ranks. Like, you, at some point, you got to figure it out, you would think. You know, one thing to, you know, one thing to keep in mind here, because, you know, Eli appears to be a guy that, that's on the downside, but need I remind people that prior to last year, Drew Brees had 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 three straight years of seven and nine, mm-hmm. seven and nine, seven and nine, seven and nine. Then they had that terrific rookie class, and we see how it's all changed. And now Drew Brees is playing at a level mark that is unbelievable. Do you realize he's on pace to throw thirty-seven touchdowns and only two interceptions while completing seventy-seven percent of his passes? I, I know that for weeks, Patrick Mahomes has seemed like a slam dunk for the MVP. You know what? For my money. I think it's got to be Breeze. Well, for, yeah, I, I I would agree with you. I, I look at Breeze a couple of different things. One, he set the all-time record for completion percentage last year at just over 72%. He's about ready to obliterate his own record. Can you imagine completing 75% of your passes? And it's not like Drew Breeze just lives underneath. He's not Sam Bradford, right? I mean, Drew Breeze takes shots. During the course of a game, he takes his shots down the field. The thing is, is he completes his shots. But I think the thing that you're looking at with with Drew Brees, one, he's never won an MVP in this league. So they're going to be, at the end of the day, they're going to be some Lifetime Achievement Award voters. 
you're sitting there in the number one team in the NFC. You've beaten the Rams. If you have home field advantage throughout this and you have the highest completion percentage in the history of the league, I mean, I know what Mahomes has done has been great, and he's a young player and probably deserves the MVP. But with Breeze and the Lifetime Achievement Award and the fact that Mahomes sounds like a Sesame Street character, I just don't know that you can give it to him. He does kind of sound like a Muppet when he's talking. Right? You know what I think of every time I hear him talk? Remember that from Sesame Street? <laughs> You're right. That's what he's every time. He does. I wish he would start every sentence. Like if they asked him a question about like uh, what did you see? Uh what did you see on the touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill? Mana mana, well I saw mana mana him wide open. Mana 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 na 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 na. Saw through him the touchdown ball. You, you are such a freaking child. I don't every freaking day. Just when I think you're about ready to grow up, nope, you go back to being a uh, being a child. It would be the greatest thing in the world. It would be the greatest thing in the world. Of course it would be. Mana mana, be awesome. Be epic. It'd be epic. You know the thing is. There's a bunch of millennials listening right now going, what the hell is he talking I know, about? I know. Well, Google, Google it, millennials. Google you know do that. I don't yeah, even know who's saying yeah, it. Yeah, just manana. Just Google manana. Yeah. Just, just, you guys are good at you're Googling. You're good at that. You're good at that. Uh, one other thing, though. Not only, for me, not only has Drew Brees become the favorite to win the MVP, Mark, I, I look at the Saints right now. Oh, Super Bowl. They're my, right? they're my Super Bowl rep out of the NFC. Got to be. Sorry, Rams. Gotta be. You got passed. You, I mean, I think they're five and zero on the road. Like, hey, listen, Cincinnati. I get it. They've been good, but they're not what they once were, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They've lost some players. I get that. But Mike, this is not a pushover team. This is not a bad team. You you didn't go into Oakland and play the Raiders. Do you know what I'm saying? Like. You went on the road. I believe they're five and zero on the road, and you went in and put a "Who's Your Daddy" whooping on the Bengals, fifty-one to fourteen. I mean, that is that's a big time whooping you put on on the Cincinnati Bengals. By the way, did you see that Cincinnati uh, hired Hugh Jackson to come back after that game? They fired their D coordinator, but then they hired the former head coach. And the guy who was the offensive coordinator hired him back to be a special offensive assistant. That's so Bengals. That's so Bengals. They're so cute. That's they're so cute. It's adorable. They're so cute. You know, I when I watch NFL and this this past week here in Denver, it was it was it was fun because the Broncos were off, so thankfully they couldn't lose again. Uh-huh. But I got to watch a lot of games, and I got to watch you a little bit on TV. Uh-huh. And and normally I don't think of you when I'm not watching. You call a game, right? Because why would I think of you, right? I mean, what? You, uh, you it could played, be my porcelain skin because you played offensive line. My chiseled line. features because you played offensive line. Why would my I think about TV why, hair? Why would I think about an offensive line? I mean, there's lineman? a lot of things you would think about. Why would I think about an offensive line? My taut hiney. There are so many then, different reasons. And then I watched Quentin Nelson. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Truck. 
a Jacksonville player. I think it was Barry Church. Uh-huh. In fact, we've got the audio. I mean, this is this is pure bliss in my yes. not only not only do you have the do you have the video uh-huh. of Quentin Nelson pulling guard just absolutely destroying what was in his path, but it was like he knew what was coming, and the idea of being able to pull in that situation filled him with such joy. Just bliss. And here's what it sounded like. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> I, I, I mean, look, I, I, does that give you a full-on stiffy as an offensive <laughs> lineman? You, me, when you hear that, is that is that like full oh, stiff mode? First off, first off, <laughs> let me just say, first off, he rolls around there just hunting. Right, I mean, and then that is just absolutely removing the soul from another player. I mean, that is the ultimate in embarrassment, Mike. That is not running to or not running at, but running through a defender, embarrassing a guy, and then the end of it, he slides. So he's on top of the defensive player who has just been trucked whose soul has left his body, who's laying there in utter embarrassment, and after you wake up and the cobwebs are kind of shaken out of your head, all you can think about is you're laying in that position going, oh, shit, that's going to look so bad on film, (laughs) right? That's what you're thinking. And then Quentin Nelson has the unmitigated audacity to slide his undercarriage over the face mask of said player. Just absolute teabag nature. And I'm sure as he went by, it was just, I mean, he he slid up over the top of the player. Just, I mean, a walk by farting. Are you telling me he crop dusted him on the way up? absolutely. Just absolute, complete and total, utter disrespect. For said player. Gosh. Why? Listen. Okay. Here's a team that hasn't run the ball in the Colts. Who hasn't. Their their quarterback missed two years. Like, I know you're not getting protected when you get hit in a Broncos game several years ago. And you lacerate your kidney, right? I mean, whatever whatever the injury of choice was. I mean, he was getting crushed. I don't believe they've given up a sack in the last four games. They're running the ball. They're running the ball effectively. They're dominating the line of scrimmage, you know, and we get so caught up in the fantasy football aspect of, oh, give it to a receiver or give it to this guy. or Why not Quentin Nelson for Offensive Rookie of the Year? Why not? Yeah, well... I hadn't thought of it. But he already won a rookie of the month. Yeah. Offensive rookie of the month. Well, consider these numbers. Andrew Luck, in a five-year span between 2012 and 2016, career games with zero sacks, right? Mm-hmm. Five-year span, there were seven. That's it. Seven games over a five-year span where he did not get sacked. This year alone, four games where he has not been sacked. In fact, the last three games... All wins. Luck is completing 72% of his passes, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions, a 131 quarterback wow. rating, and it's the first time in his career with three straight games with a passer rating over 100. What, what's the big difference? It's Quentin being protected. Nelson. 
And, yeah. he, and Quentin Nelson. And Quentin Nelson. And, and here's the thing, and it's not just Quentin Nelson because it takes all five guys playing well together, right. right? It's five guys together. It's five guys melding into one. But here's the thing to me is, is that Quentin Nelson has set the attitude situation. He has become the actuator of that offense. He has set the attitude, the toughness, the mentality where they're going out and they're trying to thunder punch people right in the throats. And that to me has changed who they are. It's changed it's given them here here's a word you love. And if you don't have it, you, you're always searching for it. And if you have it, you glom onto it. Identity. They have an identity. A toughness identity that he has come in there and in my mind single handedly set. And that's worth its weight in gold. Why not Quentin Nelson for AFC or AFC Offensive Rookie of the Year or Offensive Rookie of the Year? Well, he probably won't accomplish that, but you know what he has accomplished? And this is one of the reasons why I hate the draft. This is one part of the draft I hate is that when you were talking about Quentin Nelson and where he should go, yeah. what did all the draft nicks say? You can't take a guard in the top five, you right. can't take a guard that high. You can take him at seven yeah. or six, sure, take him at six, seven, or eight, but there's no way you can take him at number five. I mean, this is just this is what drives me nuts is the is the arrogance of draft nicks who say, Hey, let me tell you, the the top five is guaranteed. So since it's all guaranteed mm-hmm. and you're gonna hit on every one of these picks, better off that you wait before you take a guard. That's so stupid. Right. They're failed first round top five picks all the time. And yet we're supposed to pass on a maybe yeah. a, a generation-changing guard who's having this impact on Andrew Luck just because he's a guard, he can't go in the top five. Listen, I talk to I talk to a lot of evaluators that I have guys that I trust, guys that I believe in, guys that I know do their homework. You're never going to be a hundred percent. You're never going to be right about every guy because you get in this league, and sometimes the league overwhelms you. I get it, right? But. When you talk to them about the quarterbacks, you, you could talk to you know, 20 different evaluators, and some of them would give you Baker Mayfield. Some of them would give you Josh Rosen. Some would give you Sam Darnold. Some would even give you Josh Allen because of his talent. Like, every guy had a different guy. So there was never a consensus. You could not find a consensus at the quarterback position. You could not find a consensus anywhere, even on the defensive side of the ball. Everybody said that Bradley Chubb would be great. Everybody liked Denzel Ward. But you couldn't say, hey, who's the best defensive player in in this draft? Yeah, we can't give you a consensus. Every person I talked to, and I talked to a bunch of them, every one of them, consensus, unquestioned, not one varied, said the best player in this draft, by far, Quentin Nelson. Every evaluator. Wait, wait, best best player or best offensive lineman? Best player. Best player. Best football player in the draft, Quentin Nelson. There was not one evaluator that I talked to, and I talked to well over a dozen that I trust. Every one of them. Quentin Nelson, the best player in the draft. Bar none. Over Saquon Barkley, over Denzel Ward, over Bradley Chubb, over any of the quarterbacks. It was Quentin Nelson. Every single one. Consensus. Number one to every evaluator. Wow. Man. But you can't take him in the top five because you can't take a guard. There's just, there's just no value there. There's no value. Zero sacks. There's no value. Your quarterback's back. There's no value. You're winning games. Oh, there's no value. You've got a chance to be something special. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's no value there. See, this is like perfect. This is like crossing the streams. I mean, you are literally, I mean, you're always passionate about football stuff, but then getting you in a position to talk about a guard. Oh, my God. 
Quentin Nelson. I mean, we spent a lot of nights together, me and Quentin. Oh, really? Oh, in my study, yeah. watching him on film. Yeah. Candles like? burning. Candles incense. burning. Yes. Door locked. Door locked. Tie hanging on the doorknob. Yes, little music. Don't come in here. I need me to be up for a couple hours studying film. <laughs> go ahead and go to bed, sweetheart. Man. A lot of work to do. You're all fired up. You need some potential hydration right now. Yeah. Oh, potential hydration would be awesome. Yeah, you need yeah. some right now. Yeah. Um, and you know where I can get some? Cool Where's that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 7-Eleven. Check it out. Hey, uh, for everybody involved with the Sticky Truth Podcast, we'll be back with you later in the week. Thank you so much for listening. Please pass it along. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon.